0: I was at an award show, and someone won, and that person was of color, but I didn't know that they were of color until they got on the stage, Mm -hmm. and I just lost it. I was emotional, I cried, because it was just so rare to see. And I essentially, you know, that night, um, pledged that I would create something that would have, like, 20 of those moments, not just one every fifth award show. Right. Um, And so that's how The idea of ad color catalyzed and started to really come to life because a lot of people got behind me because they too felt the same way that I did, but they didn't have any place to talk about it.
1: Every business, whether or not they realize it, is an idea business. The people at Gray have a long history of creating famously effective ideas. And so, with Gray Matter, we explore the ideas shaping our world. We ask creative minds from all corners of life how they came up with their best ideas. And that's what matters for Gray Matter. On this Gray Matter, one of my favorite kind of ideas, one that takes a well-known, established challenge and helps people rally around a bold step forward to face it down. Hi, I'm John Petrolis, Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray, and this week's idea is Add Color, created by Tiffany R. Warren to celebrate diversity and to advance an industry still sorely in need of progress. This is an idea that intrinsically created a community and their shared progress has been undeniable. Our gray interviewer is gray strategist Carol Chang, who talks to Tiffany about the origins of the idea and how it became something that shaped business, perspectives, and opportunities. The add color approach to diversity is twofold. First, the community helps individuals and organizations rise up, letting their accomplishments and ideas shine. Then they teach these new leaders and would-be mentors how to reach back and find others who deserve to be noticed and promoted. This year's conference very recently took place and was sold out for good reason. The content, discussions, and connections made possible by Ad Color have united the largest companies in advertising and marketing in a common cause for tangible change. Now, Tiffany discusses how she brought together friends, mentors, and friend-tours who love the idea enough to build the experience from scratch how music can help create the space for ideation, visualization, and inspiration, and at the outset, how our idea once had a completely different name. This is Tiffany R. Warren.
0: Uh, Well, the idea that I thought about was not what it's called today. So this is a little scoop.
2: Um, The (laughs) idea
0: that I thought about was actually called the door group because I was with a bunch of friends and we were just so happy to be successful and you know, have made it out of college and have good jobs and, you know, all that stuff that comes with that, particularly when you are, you know, a person of color living in an environment that everyday people tell you, it's the inner city, underprivileged, under-resourced. And so the fact that we had made it out, we we looked at each other and were like, how can we help others? And so we came up with really, we thought was the most awesome name, The Door Group, because we want to open doors for other people. (laughs) <laughs> so um, I was super excited to like get the logo and form the company. And, you know, life happened. They got married, they had kids, um, and I moved to New York. So the door group kind of dissipated. But the idea of, um, you know, honoring and supporting and helping, you know, people of color and reaching back just never left me. So um, I toyed with the idea of an award show very early. Uh, but kept it to myself, so it was really um, in in the lab for far longer um, than when I started. Uh, just because in the industry there were very powerful award shows and tentpole events that everyone looked up to and said, you know, if I get this or if I get on this list, then I'll be successful. And that was intimidating. So, because I was like... If I start one, why would anyone want my award? Why would anyone want to be on my list? Right? Um, so I let fear take over and I didn't talk about it for a couple of years. And then I finally got up the nerve to ask um, at the time the president of the 4As, you know, I really want to start this award show. Um, but life has, again, other plans. and so I left to go work at Arnold worldwide. And that's where I launched the idea, um, which we know today is ad color.
2: Tell me about how it came to life. Like what what were the first days like?
0: The first days were fun actually. It was Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, <laughs> um, <laughs> clip art. So I mean, really just break it down. Innovative technology. Like innovative technology. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have PDFs. What was that? We had uh, binders full of, you know, the, the, there's a big joke, the binders full of women and I was that was just so interesting to me because like back in the day it was like binders full of nominees Like people would send in their nomination as a binder and we'd have to go through all these binders and so the early days were interesting and and someone actually said to me you know you're going to run out of people to honor just because in their mind they thought there's not a lot of people of color in the industry um and i never believed that but the early days felt really really special and you know roll your sleeves up and everyone jumped in with their their strength you know we had someone who functioned as my production team, everything was volunteer. And I really was like, we're onto something special because people had these incredible day jobs, but they were volunteering their time to build my my dream, which I'm to this day is still the case. And I'm very humbled by it. But yeah, the early days was, oh, we need a logo because it'll make us official. Um, and oh, we need, um, someone needs to develop the application or the nomination. So someone spent the weekend developing it. Like it really was, just people lending their strengths and their their skill set to make us what we are. But the early days were fun, I miss it. Because everything was new, like, ooh, we need a website. What's this Facebook, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, we didn't have a marketing budget. So we're like, I think we need, I think we need a Facebook page. And so we called the Facebook page One Million Strong for Ad Color. We were very aggressive. But the page never reached like, it reached about 900, mm-hmm. 990, so we, we got rid of the million. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were we thought we were, like, creating this movement, not just an award show. So everything we did in the early days really fed to uh, spreading the word in a way that was unconventional, and also because we didn't have any money. So it, it felt easy and cool and, and a lot of fun. So you talk about a
2: team, like a we. Who did you bring on board, or was this something that you felt super strongly about and you brought other people on board or was this a collective idea
0: Yeah it was you know the only time I say I when I talk about Ad Color is I founded Mhm The rest of the time is we so I the early days brought on really my HR friends that had been my mentors and my friends so frontors i think i'm just going to combine the two words sure um we can do that yeah my friend <laughs> um so they 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 dug in and were the heads of some of the early committees so we had like you know sally mars who was head of creative production and and broadcast production she's at mccann um, felicia geiger and mark sangrilli who's at msl group were the heads of the nomination committee mm-hmm. um you know they and we had we we Did they know how to create nominations? I don't know, but I just was like, can you be the head? Because I, I was picking the most senior people that people loved and respected, and they were able to find these young, really amazing um, professionals who came on board to form, like I said, the early... Committees, which has now morphed into our advisory board and our board of directors. And so they all chipped in, probably like reading nominations for dummies on the side, but they never let on that they didn't know what was going on. And it really was a collective, and it still is. When I think about our first team dinner, it was. 15 people in a seafood restaurant in Boca Raton, like super sexy, <laughs> um, super sexy. And this last year it was 121 mm-hmm. and we shut down the whole restaurant. And I excused myself and I went in a corner and just cried like a baby. I'm like, I'm getting emotional about it now because I'm like, how the heck did I, did it go from like 15 to 120, like I it, I'm still blown away. And when I look around the room, it's not just a lot of those same people who were there in that seafood restaurant back in 2007. It's them and even more people. But it, the thing that I'm most proud of is that it's not just a collective of volunteers, but a lot of our vendors are women-owned and multicultural-owned. Um, so we spend, you know, it's, it's to, to put on ad color is a huge enterprise. Um, but the thing that I'm most proud of is that we spend millions of dollars with small businesses um, that do, that make everything that we do so special. What
2: music, podcast shows were you listening to or watching when this idea sparked?
0: That's hilarious. These these questions are amazing. (laughs) I love them. Um, So there's no, this is no secret at all, but I am a rabid new edition and BBD fan. (laughs) My, My playlist consisted of just about every new edition album anything Janet Jackson, anything Boys to Men, um, yeah, those were on repeat, because the reason why those songs were on repeat, particularly in certain points in my life, is because they were the songs that gave me this confidence when I was this young girl um, going to a private school where I was one of five African Americans in a class of 60. And sometimes it was a little isolating, and so music was my escape. And so one of the songs that I used to play all the time, is Where It All Started From, which is from um, the N.E. Heartbreak album. Um, And the first lines of it is, where it all started from is back in Boston, Massachusetts. I I would just play that incessantly. Mm -hmm. It was like this rallying cry for me because it gave me pride in where I came from, Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, It also gave me pride in uh, being a fan of, of New Edition. But I also wrote in one of my journal's um, at the time that that song came out, like a vision, I just had this vision. And I was like, someday I'm gonna be on the stage, the song is gonna play, and I'm gonna get to talk to my favorite band. I mean, this is like <laughs> a 14 year old's <laughs> dream, right? So I wrote that. I, I have the jar, it's amazing. And I am hosting a concert with BBD at Ad Color, and I get to interview them. That's and I wrote sick. that when I was 14.
2: How long from when you first had the idea to when it was fully brought to life?
0: Sure. Um, so probably 1999 is when the door group was, you know, because, again, there's a straight line to that whole conversation, um, to when we launched the first meeting of individuals who were focused on um, diversity and inclusion in the industry. So we launched as the Ad Color Industry Coalition with the presidents of all the trade associations. Because I asked them just really one simple question, has anyone brought you guys together to talk about diversity and inclusion? And the answer across the board was no. Mm -hmm. Everybody was kind of having their own program, their own silo, very protective of what they had built individually, not thinking that coming together would actually make what they do even more powerful and amplify it even greater. Um, So we all came together, all the presidents, um, and uh, had these tremendous conversations of deep insight about what's really going on in the industry, both advertising and marketing. Um, And so even that through line through the conversation, it was always like, this conversation's great, but TRW needs an award show. You know, I was Mm -hmm. always like just building the blocks to get that award show done. Right. Um, And so that was finally able to happen in November of 2007. Um, we had barely probably 300 people in the room. We had um, 17 sponsors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And our winners were just the who's who in terms of the legends and you know, rising stars like you know, Dennis Liu, who um, is launching a show on Netflix this fall called Raising Dion, which is about raising a young Black superhero. Um, And Dennis, you know, is an incredible example of some of just just so many of our honorees who have gone on to do incredible things. Who were your biggest supporters? Uh, There's so many. Um, Obviously, uh, my mom, she's known in the industry as Mama Bird, um, because she's become the mom to so many people. Right. (laughs) Right. But um, so she is number one. Um, Certainly, you know, my siblings. Now I have the littlest cheerleader, um, Amin Ra, my niece, who's like, Obsessed with me, but I'm obsessed with her. Right. Um, it's mutual. It's, it's super mutual. <laughs> like, I'm I'm super obsessed with this child. Um, but my biggest supporters were, you know, number one, the first person I met when I got my first industry award, um, which was AAF's 25 Most Promising. Mm-hmm. I was part of the first class. And the first person I met at the reception was um, was Connie Frazier. Mm-hmm. So Connie, I was all of, like, 21, 22 um, and she hates when I tell this story. But she's like, because, you know, I shouldn't have t-. I was like, of course you should have told me because you, you were just, I don't know, someone was speaking to you and you were speaking to me. Right. But she, I wanted to go to grad school. And she was just like, mm, you don't need grad school. You, you can get your experience. Um, you, you need to get that first job. And mm-hmm. I'm glad she told me that because mm-hmm. I probably would have like, done grad school got my phd i would have like been chilling in the educational system right but she told me she's like go and get that first job and she's literally been been, been by my side since i was uh 22 mm-hmm. um so she's been my biggest supporter she of course is the um you know chief operating officer for the american advertising federation uh which i'm deeply involved in but mm-hmm. She's my biggest supporter and then Mark Stevenson and Um I I will mention their names anywhere I go. Right. Um he's the chairman of Ad Color and he too has been by my side since I've started my career here in New York, um in ninety nine. So those are the two.
2: What about the haters?
0: Oh you mean the fans in denial? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, I won't I won't call out any haters, but this is this thank you for the opportunity to, to have this conversation because I think what I found, particularly when people talk about ad color, um, will say, Oh, it's the Tiffany show or Tiffany R. Warren and you know, even at the award show there's a drinking game to my name and um what I find, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> what I I take it in stride because those things do not one affect the work that I have to do. Right. They don't affect it. And then, secondly, um, one of my favorite people in the world, um, Lucinda Martinez, she's with HBO. She said this one thing to me that just transformed the way that I look at the fans in denial. Mm -hmm. So she goes, (laughs) she's like, if they don't affect your direct deposit, then they don't matter. Oh, can we talk about that? Can we? I'm gonna write that that down right now. That's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It eliminated so many people. Yes. Yeah. They don't, why am I tripping? Right, They're not affecting right. what comes into my account every two weeks. And so there are people that affect my direct deposit. I respect them, thank you, shout out. But <laughs> but, but those that don't, those that don't um, really don't, uh, just I'm not gonna grant them any space in my right. head. And I do think that I'm, you know, I, my, my symbol that I'm wearing even, I wear it all the time is a unicorn. And there's controversy about unicorns and what that means when it comes to being a person of color. But certainly I, I relish the status of what it means to be a unicorn. I don't like it, but I understand it. And what happens is, is that people are not used to seeing someone brown in the center, right? and happy and joyful, and not only in the center, but then while they're there and they have that power and they have the attention, giving it away, giving it away. Mm-hmm. So Toni Morrison said, if you're free, it is your job to free others. And a lot of people can't grasp that concept because they're like, oh, I made it. I'm going to just stay here. I'm not going to help. When I see that, I know that the trajectory for that person is not very long Um, because, first of all, that's a lot of energy and a lot of stress to try to maintain a position that, you know, uh, is really not yours to begin with. I mean, titles and and jobs are what they are and they should not define who you are. But to go back to haters, you know, I think I've come to that realization after focusing on the power of my passion and vision. So because I have something to focus on and because I'm trying to help people I don't even know, that energy is spent there and not over here. Um, I get, you know, I have uh, friends and colleagues who give me feedback and I take it. Um, feedback for me is the be- breakfast of champions, so I take it. Mm-hmm. But I'm very very good at discerning both, I'm very good at discerning feedback versus criticism versus um, someone projecting. There's there's three categories that I always put things in when someone gives me feedback. I'm like, ah, OK, that's real feedback. And thank you. I, I receive that uh, criticism. OK, that's a tinge with a bit of it seems like a little personal, mm-hmm. um, but I receive that. But then when you have that 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 piece of criticism or feedback that you know is is like a projection or it's personal, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't give it space in my head. So tell me about
2: the first success. What was the single moment where you knew this was going
0: to be something big? The biggest thing for me was like, "Oh my god, can we get a write up in AD Age?" <laughs> Cuz that was like that was that was the thing and we were working with AD Age. They were doing our special section, but interestingly enough, I realized that that's church and state. So a special section is separate from editorial. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "If they could just write about us." And Ken Wheaton, who founded the Big Tent, which was really one of the first blogs in the industry to address diversity and inclusion, came to Ad Color and wrote about us. And I was like, ah, we're big time now, because we got a full write-up. And it was really beautifully done. And you know, he provided this perspective, particularly from an ally's point of view, mm-hmm. because people were just um, always willing to say, oh, that's a Black thing or Hispanic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, white people, do they go to Ad Color? It was like a thing. and. I said, everyone's welcome. We never said people weren't welcome. Um, Everybody wasn't welcome, but that really um, introduced us, kind of mainstreamed us a little bit. Even though we were growing in size and prominence, that um, mainstreamed us, but really one of the big, big moments was when we turned five. And through a partnership with Thomson Reuters, they blanketed Times Square with our logo and our name and said, congratulations on five years. So how many times did you think of throwing in the towel? I, every week. <laughs> 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 wow, okay, you're keeping it real? Oh, did you want to answer like once a year, once every five years? I mean, anyone who surrounds me, family, friends, um, uh, colleagues, um, and I hide I hide the pain of, of having two jobs really well. I work probably, you know, for six months out of the year if I'm not, have, if I don't have obligations after work, and even if I do, um, sometimes two, three in the morning, um, to get everything done. What was the best
2: advice you were given along the way? Um, and who gave you
0: that advice? My grandmother. Oh. Huh. She uh, uh, was beyond like ahead of her time on a lot of things. You know, I was of the fifth grade valedictorian. I had just got chosen, and my little curly hair, big eyed Tiffany comes home to my grandmother because we lived we lived with my grandmother she was in the apartment downstairs we were upstairs so i come home and i was like i'm valedictorian like and she in in a few, like she said more but basically the gist of what she said was what's next like that's great but what's next because she didn't want me to spend my like fifth grade self hanging out in the house like patting myself on the back like valedictorian she's like <laughs> You're, you're in the fifth grade, you have so much life to live. right? And so that what's next philosophy is literally how, is what I apply to anything that I do, whether it's Omnicom, um, add color, my personal life, my professional life, is I'm very blessed to be paid attention to and people, um, you know, honor me in different ways, but I'm not, I'm grateful. But in my mind, I'm always like, okay, how can this help elevate add color and help elevate someone else? So where do you see yourself
2: in 5 years?
0: Um I think I'm in a pretty good place now. I mean, I think when you are content and you say you're content and you know, I think people are prideful and they'll boast about these these big dreams they have for themselves. 5 years is a short amount of time. I feel like 5 years for me is 5 days. Because when you when you plan something like Ad Color and when you have a job um as a chief diversity officer like Time is just—it's moved so quick. So I feel like when you say five years, it's almost like where do you want to be next year? But I—I I see the growth of ad color, and it's growing so beautifully, and it's affecting so many lives that I want to keep that happening. Um, you know, for Omnicom, I want it to continue to be a place that people want to come to and and um, desire to come to, so that they can be innovative and do their best work. And and that's not just like you know a talk track. That's literally authentically how I feel. Um, and I just can't wait for my niece to be 10 so we can start traveling the world together. I mean, it may happen a little earlier than that. I'm prepping her for Paris, but um, I'm just really excited about, you know, all the stuff that I have going on, the space where ad color is at, how it's admired, how it's supported, and I have really, really amazing, um, an amazing village um, that was cultivated over time, but it's pitch perfect right now. Like, they're really... Um, in it in the long haul for me so five years from now I just want ad color to still be impactful to still be helping other organizations thrive and in a lot of cases survive Um, and I want it to be a movement that's known even beyond the industries that it services now so maybe ad publishing ad fashion right now we're tech marketing media entertainment um and advertising which is which is a lot i was gonna say
2: that's it <laughs> that's, a lot. that's a lot
0: a lot but you know fashion and publishing have you know have been a part of it in small ways but we definitely want to support them as well in their effort to diversify so
1: thanks carol you know this isn't just an inspiring story it's one that's really reflective of tiffany's positivity and personality how, what do you what do you think how did her positivity play a part in making the idea a reality
2: I mean, I love that you called it positivity because that's that's honestly what it is. Um, she said that, or she admits that she sees the world in a very naive way, but I honestly believe it was like her unwavering optimism that never let her lose sight of her vision.
1: I love I love the the saying naive. I think naivete. A lot of the stories that we hear when people talk about getting to their best ideas a little bit of naivete is almost essential because if you th- if you allow yourself too much knowledge around it, it actually will hold you back because <laughs> there's a million reasons why something won't happen
2: right right exactly
1: So uh, how can one attend ad color next year?
2: By googling ad color and signing up early for the waiting list for tickets because this event is sold out fast and the demand is only getting higher but also visit their website regardless because it's really important for us all to get really immersed in their mission and their programs. It's vital for ourselves as individuals. And it's, it's very important for us to understand the way to get ahead of diversity in our business.
1: Great. Thanks, Carol. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Gray Matter. For more from founders, creators, and inventors and how they thought up their ideas, be sure to subscribe to Grey Matter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and tell your friends. Follow Gray's social pages for more information about Grey and new upcoming podcast episodes. Thanks all for listening to Grey Matter. And also, listen to some Bell Bib Boe because as we learned, that makes dreams come true. Grey Matter is hosted by John Petrulis. Produced by Graham Nolan, Christina Torres, and Joey Scarillo. Mixed at Townhouse Studios. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at
2: gray.com.